Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Unity Wealth Management, and thanks for joining us again uh, after a break over the holidays uh, and, uh, and and obviously into the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. We're going to talk about today, uh, as we talk about uh, once a week, every Tuesday at noon, uh, we're going to cover off what's been going on in the markets, what we see coming ahead. But to start kick things off this year, we're going to really uh, review last year, um, to some extent, we're not going to dive into everything. Uh, obviously a lot of stuff happened in 2020. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in 2021 and what we see for this year up ahead. And I hope everyone had a great break. As always, everything we cover here is for information purposes only. Don't take anything as advice or, um, that it's might, it might pertain to your, your individual situation, but always see a professional, do your own due diligence before applying any of this to uh, your portfolios. Uh, as always, everyone is unique and you should always see how it might fit in or how these uh, this information might help you out with your portfolio strategies. So uh, for those of you who are on our live uh, at noon today, we are using Zoom, so you can, uh, if you have any questions, by all means, if you move your uh, cursor around, you'll see that Q&A button and you can type in that question. We'll try to get it to it today. I think today's gonna be a bit longer just because there's so much to cover, uh, but we'll try to get to the Q&A today. If not, of course, we will follow up with you with uh, answers to your questions. If you're watching on the replay or a question comes up to you afterwards, or maybe you watch it or listening to it on our new podcast, this will be available through podcast as well. If you want to listen to it on the drive home, uh, you can uh, definitely reach us. Go to mikeonmoney.com uh, is our portal there. You can send us messages, you can book appointments, and you can see all our other videos and uh, different educational pieces that we put out on a regular basis. So uh, before, with that, let's jump into things. Before we dive in too much into 2020, I do want to, uh, to say a few things about 2020 on one of the more positive notes. Uh, that, uh, that might not make it into what's impacted the markets or what's happened in this year. Uh, obviously, from a personal perspective, I, I kind of would like to reflect, uh, you know, how fortunate uh, myself, my family's been with 2020. Yes, we didn't get to travel. Uh, you know, we're definitely, you know, played more board games than we've ever played in our lives uh, as, as we've stayed at home, a little bit of cabin fever, uh, but we've been really fortunate. Uh, while we have known some people who have been affected by uh, the pandemic, uh, whether it be economically or health-wise, uh, we've been pretty fortunate to, to be um, insulated from that. And I know a lot of you have as well, but I want to, I wanted to just kind of recognize that, you know, 2020, uh, as difficult it was, um, and as we get when we go into 2021 here, uh, I just wanted to kind of express how uh, how happy I was and, and my family are that uh, we, we've so far done, done fairly well with that. Uh, you know, other things uh, last year, uh, some great, uh, on the positive notes, I just want to touch on a few of them. I mean, there were some great advancements in space exploration, obviously with SpaceX uh, making trips up, but also we got samples back from the dark side of the moon and, and more and more missions being planned due to technological advances and abilities to move those things forward. Um, you know, we had Netflix, of course, keeping us all going through this. Uh, early pandemic seems like forever ago. Tiger King, of course, keeping us all entertained for the first couple of months. Um, you know, Comfy Clothes has made a resurgence. As you can see, I'm wearing my new trademark sweaters. Um, I think I have an inventory of these things now. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many exactly I have, but uh, you know, we, we've been able to enjoy things. In fact, one of my New Year's resolutions is to not wear track pants as often as I did in 2020. So, so you know, another good positive out of 2020. Uh, restaurants who adapted so well. I know we're going to touch on how they were affected in 2020, but you know, they came out, they adapted with the home delivery and those home meal kits. Uh, which I think were amazing, and I hope those continue. Obviously, the appreciation we see for healthcare workers and teachers who are on the front line uh, dealing with this. Um, 
just seeing how hard they work and the stress that they're going through, uh, and everybody out there who who were you know vital to getting us through, getting us through, uh, you know, so far what we've seen in the pandemic. Uh, you know, people at home, you know, becoming more active at home, spending more time with the family, or at least the you know the immediate family has been great. Uh, people were cooking more. You know, we had that whole early on uh, people making breads and everything. Uh, the pet pandemic, or the pandemic pets, everyone out there getting pets, which is great uh, for uh, for pets uh, pets out there. That all the shelters are pretty much empty. Uh, my my family ourselves, we got a new a new pup uh, in June uh, to join our older pup, and uh, you know it's been a great time for us to to do spend time with the pup, uh, you know get him exercised and get all this training done at home and and all those things. So with 2020, uh, you know, there were some good things going on. And before I dive into what, you know, we've actually seen in 2020, I just wanted to highlight some of those things because there were some crazy things going on in 2020. Of course, you know, the, the pandemic started in March, you know, before, before that, uh, it was largely contained to China. We had other things on our mind, uh, you know, things out there uh, like the impeachment. Do you remember the first impeachment? Or we'll talk a little bit about the potential second impeachment uh, of this president. Uh, but, you know, we were in the middle of the impeachment. Uh, we had the forest fires out in, in, uh, in Australia. Uh, you know, this, that's, you know, the, the potential conflict with Iran. All those things started off uh, prior to we even go into the March shutdown. So, you know, there was a lot of concerns, which is why our portfolios were so heavy cash uh, going into this, uh, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of negatives out there, potential recessions in 2020. So that's where we started off with 2020. Of course, the, the major event that, that kind of came in was the um, the infections uh, over in China starting to spread, but you know still light concerns until mid March, uh, where it really started to pick up, uh, and eventually you know move into South Korea, um, and and then of course North America. Uh, taken over here. I think our shutdown of our office occurred but March 11th or to 15th, somewhere in there. Um, I remember it uh, being uh, just in mid-March there. So uh, what happened? Well, we shut down the economy pretty aggressively, right? With the, the S&P 500 lost over a third of its value in one month or 30% decline. One of the, the biggest, quickest drops in the markets uh, that, we've, uh, that we've ever seen. Uh, you know, companies uh, were, were desperate. Things like Open Table, looking at restaurants, the re restaurant industry went from 80 billion in valuations down to 51. Uh, travel companies like Allegiant uh, went from 2.7 billion down to 1.4. Live entertain, live nation entertainment, so that's your concerts and all that. You know, going from 16 billion down to nine. Marriott hotels uh, dropping dramatically. The airlines, of course. Delta Airlines going from 37 billion down to 17 billion. Uh, just a decimation across the hospitality travel industry in particular. Uh, you know, the cruise lines obviously seriously affected. Do you remember all those floating around and being people being trapped, not being in ports, not accepting them into, uh, you know, to dock in fear that, um, you know, more spread would happen. Uh, but also, you know, uh, as we saw in the US, you know, specifically the U.S. president, you specifically saying they didn't want them to dock in the U.S. because that would immediately increase the number of people infected uh, in the U.S. And, and that was early, early stages. Uh, and keep in mind, those were early stages in very low numbers. But most of those low numbers were actually impacted uh, because we didn't have testing facilities yet. So obviously, uh, with no testing, the numbers are low. Uh, as testing picked up, we started to see the real impact uh, impact there. Of course, we saw the sports industries shut down, the entertainment industry shut down, all those things uh, closing uh, in that early March and, and the pains uh, was felt pretty quickly. But what what did lockdown life bring for us? Well, one of the side effects, and we're going to talk a little bit more because it, it is lasting to some extent and, and, and a growing movement is we saw, you know, lower air pollution uh, as, as cities like Vienna and Lisbon and Istanbul and the US, San Fran and Washington, uh, even here in Canada and Montreal and Europe, Paris, London, uh, as the cases went up and the, the lockdown happened, 
uh, air quality got better. And if you remember back in March, April, uh, you know, the in Vienna, um, or sorry, in Venice, we saw, you know, the canals being cleared and dolphins coming back. And, and even in our coastal harbors, you know, uh, the whales uh, migration routes increased with the lower shipping traffic. Uh, all good things happened, uh, you know, kind of from an environmental standpoint right off the bat. Uh, and a lot of that, um, that, that stuck. A lot of countries have used that as a launching point to increase, you know, let's call it clean tech as a broad movement, but, you know, renewable energies, and we're going to talk more about that as, as we look into 2021 and what that means. So that, you know, a little bit of positive there as we went into that massive shutdown around the world. <clears throat> On the bad side, we saw historic job losses in April. <clears throat> of course, with shutdown, there was layoffs, uh, you know, and a lot of those jobs have not returned, especially around that hospitality industry and travel industry. <clears throat> so we saw 22 million in the US alone file uh, for jobless claims, uh, roughly 10 times higher than previous peak unemployment in absolute terms. Uh, but that you know wasn't uh, you know wasn't limited to to the United States, you know Australia twenty five million, Chile's uh, twenty million. You know these are smaller countries. Uh, Taiwan twenty three million, uh, Canada ourselves. Uh, you know we went up into the the low double digits in unemployment. The U.S. went into the low. The Europe everyone went into double digits unemployment. Uh, you know kind of stalled that economy right down again, and. Uh, we have to give credit in 2020 to the governments, I think, not just here in Canada and the U.S. I mean, obviously, it's always focused on the U.S. because those are the bigger numbers. But uh, a lot of the countries that learned, one thing they learned from 2008 financial crisis was not to wait to bring financial stimulus packages uh, to shore things up. Because if you do, uh, you know, the, the, the pain lasts longer. It's a longer recovery. So rather than spend a little amount of, you know, the same amount of money, but over a longer period of time, uh, you know, the government's jumped right in with early stimulus care uh, packages. The U.S. had, of course, their CARE Act, Canada, we had our CERB. Um, we, they jumped on it really early, and the U.S. spent $2 billion, or sorry, $2 trillion. Canada spent over $200 billion, you know, just in direct support. You know, there were other tax reliefs, there were other, uh, Different uh, territorial acts to or money being spent to uh, to strengthen the critical care systems and get you know that person that those personal protective equipment to those who need it, especially in the medical fields. Remember, we had a shortage, right? The PPE, the, the doctors, the nurses weren't able to uh, to get access to what they needed, especially in the U.S., where where the pandemic hit hard and fast. Canada, we flattened, you know, remember the term, flatten the curve. We did a, a bit better job up here in Canada, especially in the early waves. Uh, we didn't get as bad, but uh, there was a lot of money spent to make sure that if it did get bad in the second wave, we were better prepared for it. And, and we're seeing that obviously now, you know, uh, and, and that just, you know, now we're heading into those second round of packages, obviously with the U.S. new government coming in. Uh, they just had, came out with a small second relief package. It's not really being counted as one because they're expected another one to come out here when the new U.S. government takes over uh, to be much larger and more impactful uh, in the long run. Um, uh, the world works from home. So we all started working from home. So, you know, uh, we saw things take off like this technology we're using right now with Zoom. Back in December 2019, Zoom had 10 million subscribers. Uh, by April 2020, they were over 300 million subscribers. So, you know, just that growth uh, in people working remotely, people doing things like this. We, of course, started this in March, uh, doing our weekly live updates to keep everyone informed. It's been a great tool that technology has moved. But what you've seen is, is tech companies, uh, you know, and here's an example of, you know, Zoom's valuation at the time, we're talking back last year now, uh, it's even more now, went, you know, went up to almost 49 billion evaluations. Uh, which is more than uh, some, you know, the top uh, seven airlines with Southwest, Delta, United, uh, Lufthansa, American Airlines, Air France, AIG, you know, all their valuations combined was less than Zoom after this. So, you know, this movement to uh, working remotely, it's had a lot of positives. Some of the benefits is the, the flexible work schedule, which was great, especially for parents with younger kids. 
you know, I feel, you know, I talked about feel fortunate. I feel fortunate you know, I have teenagers. Um, you know, they don't want me around. So it's mostly, you know, they were self-sufficient during, uh, you know, they both had school at home or remotely. So, uh, but I didn't have to care for them. But, you know, parents have smaller kids having that flexibility around their, their schedules was great. Uh, you know, working from any location. Uh, so that was good for families. Obviously, uh, you know, you didn't have to all be in one, lo you know, location. Uh, or if you wanted to, you know, go to your cabin or anywhere you had internet connection, obviously, you could work from commute, taking that commute out, uh, you know, has been very possible for a lot of people. Productivity actually went up a bit with people not having to drive back and forth every day, being able to get straight to work. Uh, you know, time with the family, obviously there's a lot of, you know, I know through the summer, think about 2020 through the summer, all those garden projects, all those home projects, uh, you know, <laughs> me and my boys uh, built a, a new shed, a big, custom shed in the backyard more than we needed but it was you know we had the time so it was good to spend time with them and uh and, and do something like that that we can see the progress move along together um you know working from home obviously a big benefit uh you know be able to to manage the house a bit better and, and you know i'm sure everyone has their own their own unique uh, benefits from working from home now struggles well Unplugging from work is a big one. I've heard a lot. I know I, you know, in my industry, it's always a bit of a challenge. You know, when I leave the office, uh, you know, my family will, will, will admit that, you know, I'm not unplugged at night because there's always information coming out and marketing stuff to deal with. Uh, but for a lot of people, when you leave the office, you leave the office and you go home and then you're, you know, you're disconnected. But I've, I've heard a lot of stories and I can certainly see it from my own experience. Uh, sure, you know, you get up from, from your workspace at a certain time, uh, but then, you know, you're walking past and you think about something, you're like, oh, I can do that really quickly, and you go back to work again. So that's, you know, a bit of a negative, not, not being able to get away from work, um, especially because there's not much else to do. Uh, loneliness, uh, you know, dependent on your situation, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, who live on their own, and, you know, being in the pandemic and isolated, uh, not having that, or even if you're very uh, used to Social contact. I certainly, you know, I've, I've teased Luby through this whole pandemic. Uh, we do work from the office a couple of days a week. I'm in the office today, uh, but that's been good for us as a team to get together. I know if you know Luby, one of our team members, she's very social. Uh, you know, I, many times I talked to her when she was at home, and I know she was very antsy to get back into the office again, just for that social interaction. And understandable, we all need that. Uh, collaboration, you know, not having that collaborative or communicative, communicative uh, environment on a minute by minute, hour by hour uh, basis was a was a drawback. Uh, distractions at home, you know, it's really easy to get distracted at home. As I mentioned, we had a new puppy and I have an older dog. Uh, you know, they would come into my office and, you know, want to play or, or things. It's easy to get distracted a bit. And again, going back to people who like their kids, obviously super easy to get distracted. Uh, different time zones depending on where your team are you know there's a lot of managing uh, my oldest son uh goes to mcgill in montreal uh, he did he did stay in montreal for a lot of time uh he is back home uh right now uh you know this morning he was up at um, i think like 4 45 to get ready for a 5 30 class uh so you know dealing with those time zones i know some of his friends who go to european schools you know those time zones are even more uh more exaggerated uh, staying motivated. Some people have had a bit of challenge, you know, being focused on work, uh, you know, without that reminder um, of, of other people around and, and the activity. Uh, obviously a challenge for some. Uh, taking vacation time, right? Not being able to take vacation time. Or if you do want to take vacation time, it's a drawback because you're stuck at home. Uh, why not? And why not work, of course. Uh, and a little bit of technology, reliable Wi-Fi, depending on which area you live in, uh, or um, especially, you know, more rural communities don't always, uh, communities don't always have that reliable Wi-Fi. So a lot of drawbacks, a lot of positives that we saw in 2020 around that stuff. You know, Tesla being a big story of, of 2020. Uh, again, uh, you know, we looked at this, you know, Tesla up 375% from June, uh, June 19th. Uh, now that just went into the beginning of the pandemic. I think that was June, um, uh, sorry, June, 2020. Um, you know, so it's even gone up further since then. Obviously Elon Musk, Tesla, the, the major shareholder and, and CEO of Tesla, uh, being the richest individual in the world nowadays, 
um, you know, with that massive growth. In fact, it's grown to be larger than the seven biggest car companies. And, and now I think it's eclipsed the entire industry as far as uh, valuations. I did a whole video in Tesla uh, during 2020 to talk about that growth. Uh, I, you know, and I'll fully admit I was wrong in sense of saying I thought it was overvalued back then. Uh, it obviously has grown. I, I will, though, argue that I was right for the reasoning to say that uh, it's wrong. I don't think its value, its valuation is warranted, but an amazing growth story to see around that. And that's going to lend into kind of our conversations a bit about 2021 and what kind of what we see to happen, certainly not just Tesla, but the, the, that, that market as a whole. Uh, and that all goes back to that environment. People became a lot more environmentally conscious. A lot of the other car manufacturers did not see, you know, sales even maintained. I mean, Tesla's didn't really increase over too much. They maintained a bit, um, uh, but that was better than a lot of the other car manufacturers. Or certainly the, the fossil fuel cars, uh, gasoline cars and diesel uh, lost a lot of market share in 2020. Uh, so we saw the shortest bear market in history. So, you know, uh, if you followed it, as I mentioned earlier, the S&P uh, fell about 30%, 34% right away in March. Uh, your portfolios, if you're with us, uh, did not drop that much. Of course, uh, we had a lot of that cash. I think uh, I'm going from memory now. It's, it seems so long ago. I think we we're about 30. We're above 30%. I think we're about 34% cash going into uh, the downturn, so that put us in a much better position of only falling about 10, uh, anywhere between 7 and 10%, depending on your risk levels, and being able to take take advantage of that drop. You know, if we look back at 87, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the amount of days, uh, what, you know, and this is the drop, so this is not till it got back to where it was, but, you know, that started, started moving, uh, was 482 trading days versus the COVID-19, only 117 trading days. The 2001.com bubble, uh, 1,800 days, the global financial uh, crisis of 08, uh, just shy of 1,400 days. You know, Nixon uh, shock in the OPEC oil embargo, uh, almost 1,900 days. Uh, and then Black Tuesday, the great crash, uh, lasts uh, 7,250 days. So very quick turnaround, and that goes to that lesson I mentioned earlier that the governments learned about stimulus package because the only thing that brought the economy or brought the markets out of that was those stimulus packages. We can tear apart country by country, uh, piece by piece. Did they do it right? Did they do it properly? Uh, and I think history is going to judge differently. Some things are going to be good, and some things are going to be bad. Uh, I think they reacted you know, very positively in the sense they did it quickly. Uh, it's impossible to get it right when you're acting that quickly with so many unknowns. Uh, and, 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 you know, they're still, they're still trying to adapt. You know, and here in Canada, we hear about, you know, people who collected some of the benefits or get a letter saying they owe it back. And, you know, they still are trying to correct some of the errors or trying to get it right. Um, but it was that fast action that, that kind of saved things. Uh, so I credit them for that. Uh, and I also credit them in the sense that it would have been impossible to get things perfect, uh, given the time um, allotted to get it done and get it out. Um, and, and by the way, in 2020, we might have had a U.S. election or we might have seen a U.S. election. It might have just barely ended by 2021. Um, but, you know, some significant things about that is the amount of money that was spent in 2020's U.S. election. $13 billion was spent. Uh, which is which is double, uh, you know, 2016's election was only about $7 billion. And the big uh, the big shift there, I mean, the Republicans spent about a billion dollars more than 2016, but the Democrats spent about $5 billion more than, uh, than they did in 2016. Really going hard to get uh, people out uh, to the polls, uh, get people out to support you know, where they thought it lacked in 2016, especially on the Democratic side. And that came out in the numbers, you know, the, you know, Trump getting 74 million votes, I think, um, you know, versus 50 some odd in 2016. And the, the Democrats, Biden getting, I think, uh, correct me, 83, 84 billion in votes, um, or million in votes, sorry, you know, again, versus that 52, 53. 
in, in 2016. So they were really trying to mobilize the voters and get them out. And obviously the difficulty of doing that during a, a pandemic, they, you know, they spend a lot more money. Uh, and we saw the, the, the fundraiser, a lot of people willing to fund, you know, promote and, and, and uh, invest in the election with uh, Biden being the first candidate ever to raise a billion dollars for an election uh, and Trump raised just shy of 600 million. So, uh, you know, a lot of money was invested into this election uh, even by uh, donations. Uh, the vaccine, good thing out of 2020, came out in December. Of course, we've got the two major ones, the Pfizer one uh, being 95% effective and the Moderna 94.5% uh, being effective through their trials uh, has been rolled out in, in a lot of countries. Uh, the production has been ramped up. Uh, I think I heard this morning, Canada secured another 70 million doses uh, to come in um, here shortly. Uh, you know, the, the big challenge we're having now is getting them to, getting it to people, uh, you know, getting, getting it out to the facilities and getting people into the facilities and, and, and get the vaccine. It's been a little slow in certain areas. Some countries have done better. Uh, you know, availability is increasing. You see Canada here in this chart, if, if you're watching this uh, on video, uh, you know, Canada sitting just below the 80%, uh, you know, kind of effective who, you know, as fast, how quickly we can get it. Uh, the numbers are getting better uh, and hopefully more and more uh, people can get it. We can move towards um, what new normal is going to be. I'm not going to say normal. I'm going to avoid that word because, uh, you know, I don't know what that's going to, what that's going to look like. But, uh, but that's just going to be, you know, we talk about, you know, countries like Canada and the U.S. and Europe, you know, the U.K. is doing a great job of getting out there. Australia is doing a great job of getting it out there. Uh, you know, we're seeing more and more, but it, it has to be a global effort to get back to what we want to call our new normal. Obviously, you know, going back to those industries really affected travel. Uh, you know, travel is not going to be viable unless, you know, the major part of the world or the globe is able to get the vaccine out and the populations um, vaccinated. And, and, and it's not just the, you know, getting the vaccines, it's not just the rollout of the vaccines, but we all have to look at those who are willing to get it. And there is some pushback, uh, you know, obviously a lot of reasons this is new, uh, it, was, it was quick. Uh, it's a very different science. I've talked about it in previous ones, the mRNA, uh, science for you know where it's basically injecting instructions to your body to go make the antibodies that can fight the coronavirus or the COVID-19 virus as opposed to our traditional vaccines that uh, actually inject a weakened strain of the virus and uh, trains our bodies so one is actually telling your body to make the antibodies the other one is training your body to make the antibodies so very different approaches uh, never been done on a, ma a mass vaccine. The science has been around for a long time, but never used on the mass mass vaccine. Um, but that had that that research that's gone into that is leaping forward. Other things, for example, I've read um, our next round of flu vaccines next year might use this science, which would actually make the vaccine um, protective. The flu vaccine uh, protective of all flu strains, as opposed to you know our current one, which only focuses on. The, the most common strain of the flu uh, for that year. So th that science has left us forward. So great things coming out in 2020 with the vaccine coming out and putting us into 2021, which of course we know 2021 rolled over and everything became perfect January 1. We're all great, the world's great. Um, and I'm lying of course, because 26 days into 2021, of course we had, a, you know, the, 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 the riots or, or the, protests into uh, into Washington, into the Capitol buildings, uh, you know, and still challenging the election uh, and all these things going on uh, in the U.S. specifically. Of course, we've seen new spikes uh, in, the, uh, in the infection rates. Uh, we've seen shutdowns, you know, here in Canada, Quebec's got a curfew. Ontario just announced this morning, so I didn't read if it was a hard 8 p.m. curfew, but all all establishments, all stores have to be closed by 8 p.m. Um, they put in uh, more and more restrictions. Uh, and, and I think those are going into February or early March. So, uh, you know, Ontario going into big lockdowns uh, here in BC, of course, we're still fairly limited. And that's been extended to February 5th. 
you know, it's not being able to get with uh, get together with people outside our immediate family or immediate household groups. Uh, so all those challenges remain. Uh, hopefully the numbers here improve in January. I'm actually optimistic, and most people who've talked to me about this know that I haven't been overly optimistic about us coming out of this, but I'm starting to get more optimistic. Uh, and I'll dive into that when we talk about what we see within 2021. So uh, we started off January a little bit slower. You know, Wall Street slipped off its record highs. Uh, just concerns of the second wave or third wave or continuing wave, whatever you want to call it these days. A little concerned, obviously, what happened in, in Washington. Uh, maybe not a concern enough. Uh, I think the markets, um, you know, didn't react that badly. I think the markets were very focused on the next stimulus package. Uh, you know, treasury yields uh, grew a little bit. Interest rates went up a little bit. Uh, you know, on, on, on the buy side, not, not necessarily the, or sorry, not the Fed, they did raise rates. Uh, higher dollar, the U.S. Uh, gained a little bit. Again, this is out of the gates. Uh, it's back down a little bit more uh, today, uh, but it gained a little tiny bit. Uh, and really, that's just reversing last year was a, a definitely a negative trend. Gold uh, went a little bit lower with the higher dollar, but not by much. And that's reversed again since. I'll talk a little bit more. And again, oil went down slowly, briefly. In fact, oil is making a surge. We're going to talk a lot more about oil uh, as we look at 2021. Uh, of course, the Lay Department is looking to, uh, to release its job openings. That's one of the things we, we watch very closely is how many jobs uh, lost, how many gained. Um, the, uh, the December numbers for, for uh, jobs lost actually up, um, uh, reversing the trend that we saw through the fall, uh, both in Canada and the US. Not surprising with that second wave, of course, there's been more closures again. Uh, you know, uh, although the National Federation of Independent Business is scheduled to release their, their optimism index uh, for December, uh, which came in at 101 back in November, but uh, really what, you know, ignore the number of which direction it's going. Uh, but business optimism is has been rising. As I said, you know, even myself, a bit of a pessimistic through some of this stuff. Uh, things uh, are starting to look a little bit better. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, GM and other executives are, are really scrambling or, or running to, uh, you know, get their their, their sweeping changes, uh, innovative changes to deploy more than a million uh, electric vehicles by 2025. Uh, you know, this is not a direct response to necessarily Tesla's success in 2020. Um, but an ongoing trend uh, that we'll talk, you know, again further when I get into uh, different sectors here. So top news: Twitter tumbles. The shares came came off. Uh, I think it was twelve percent. Uh, you know, as they banned Trump uh, from uh, from Twitter, the and 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 so did Facebook, so did uh, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, and um, you know, basically social media as a whole kind of banned him after the accusations that he incited the the riots that that, that occurred. Uh, and, uh, and but really the tumble wasn't so much on Trump. I know it's kind of being accredited to Trump, but they also went out afterwards and, and closed down 70,000, at least 70,000 other accounts around the QAnon conspiracies or the, um, the, the claims that the, the election was fraud. So all, all that affected them. I think that's a knee-jerk reaction in the market. Uh, not that I'd jump on and, and buy Twitter, but I, I do think there was probably an oversell off uh, based on that. Uh, given that you know those users alone haven't haven't had a major impact to uh, to the business model, uh, you know EU's out there trying to get more vaccines. Uh, they're a little bit further behind. UK has been uh, you know probably one of the best as far as securing the vaccines and, and starting to get them deployed. They were the first ones to approve the Pfizer um, uh, to the market. Uh, so now we're seeing um, we're seeing countries around the world, especially in the EU. Uh, jump in uh, to try to find, uh, you know, other com companies that we can manufacture it. Uh, and they're looking at Valerna and a company called Novavax, which was early, a U.S. company early on into that technology. Uh, they didn't get theirs out of the trials out uh, for approval uh, as fast as the other two, but we're starting to see uh, other companies kind of get into the fold. We talked about that last year. This was not going to be a one company effort. Uh, there's no way uh, that uh, any company was going to be able to produce 14 billion, you know, 7 billion population times two uh, vaccines in the time frame that, uh, you know, that we want to get it out there. So, uh, so we're going to see more and more of this. We're going to see more and more companies coming out with uh, their versions of the same technology, the same version of, of the, uh, the vaccine. Um, 
you very quickly here. Uh, Tesla's out there looking for design chief in China. They're looking to expand, of course, you know, on the success that they have. So they want to start to compete into China. Uh, and they're also looking into India, uh, you know, where those are, you know, population-wise bigger markets. They're also, you know, per capita, the kind of the number of electric cars are far higher than we see here in North America. In North America, we always look at, you know, all the technological advances and things that we do, uh, but we're actually behind, uh, especially in the US, when it comes to green technologies or um, call it non-fossil fuel technologies. Um, and that's just, you know, we're more mature. Um, whenever you're introducing something new, it's easier for people who didn't have one before just to go to the new technology versus, uh, you know, change from what, you know, the infrastructure from before. So obviously, you know, we have a lot of gas stations to convert those to fast chargers or, you know, offer those options uh, takes more time. So we're a little bit behind. So Tesla's obviously looking to expand, but also, you know, this gets to the, you know, we talk about electric cars. Uh, China uh, has many more manufacturers and, and producing much more. Or it's a company called uh, Neo, uh, which is coming to North America and into Europe in 2021 here. Uh, you know, they've got SUVs. Uh, they've just launched a new sedan that's being, you know, rave reviews uh, as being, uh, you know, I guess it's all opinion, but nicer than the Tesla as far as the sedan goes uh, and much cheaper in the price point. Uh, so they're moving into North America. They're moving into Europe. So Tesla, of course, you know, wants to go onto their stopping ground and try to take some market share there as well. That's one of the things when I talk about, you know, the valuations of Tesla, they're facing a lot of competition. Uh, it's not just Nia. Uh, we've got Rivian coming in with an SUV uh, into North America. There's a, a Badger, which is Nikola, which is another car, electric car manufacturer coming in. Uh, and all these companies are also vying for uh, the truck industry, you know, the delivery trucks, the, 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 the big rigs, the, tra the transport trucks, uh, you know, so which is you know, a much more profitable market uh, place than the, the you know, individual car. Uh, profit margins are, are on there. Uh, and that's not including uh, Volvo coming in uh, with their uh, Polestar brand uh, to North America. Uh, and on top of that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Volkswagen's got an aggressive line. Toyota's got an aggressive line. Ford, Mercedes, BMW, they all have aggressive electric car manufacturers coming out or car lineup coming out, uh, you know, in, in this year, next year, more and more. Uh, and that's all going to be competition to Tesla as that price point also pushes down dramatically. Uh, Parler, Parler is a social media app um, that is soon uh, Amazon. If you have not followed the story, so this goes to the political uh, strife that we've seen. Uh, we mentioned there with Twitter. So after uh, <coughs> Parler's been been used a lot by those right wing groups uh, to talk about you know the, the election fraud, the uh, QAnon conspiracies, and all these different things. It, it's kind of the hub for that kind of speech. Um, you could have had it on, you know, the Apple store, the Google store, uh, and it was hosted on the web, Amazon's web uh, servers. Uh, and after what happened in Washington, uh, Apple dropped them uh, for hate speech and, and for inciting the riots. The, the, uh, Google followed suit, everyone followed suit basically. And then finally Amazon who hosted their site, who hosted the technology, closed it down uh, on their server. Uh, so now you're having them sue uh, Amazon basically for, for shutting them down. So uh, it's not surprising. Uh, we might even see more of that around the Twitter shutdowns and the, the Facebook shutdowns. So this is a controversy. Remember, this goes back uh, for months prior to this, uh, you know, going into the election. Social media, uh, you know, kind of talking about false claims, talking about, um, you know, modified videos. They're in a conundrum and, 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 you know, I'll throw this out to you guys for, for comments and I'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, you know, should social media be a mediator? Should they shut down, you know, lies or uh, misleading information? Uh, or should it be open source? Like, uh, you know, just post whatever you want and then people believe what they want. Um, yeah, and this, you know, this did not start with politics. I mean, this goes back to the anti-vax movement. Uh, you know, back in 20, 2018 and 2019 uh, being an issue around misinformation being spread and, and potentially uh, misguiding people. So I, I don't think this is going away. Uh, obviously, it's come to the forefront in, in politics here and with the election and obviously what's going on right now down there. 
So coming up in Canada, uh, I love. I was reviewing the, the slides and I love the first line there. Uh, no major event scheduled. They're never scheduled these days, right? Like everything seems to come up out of nowhere. Uh, I heard the comment the other day. I won't take credit for it, but you know, someone saying, "I would like to not have any more once-in-a-lifetime events in 2021." Would be great um, because we've had so many in the last year. Uh, but we do have some things going on in Canada. Uh, I mean, obviously, business sentiment has turned positive. I mentioned that. Back to Canada's survey has been out there to see uh, how businesses are, are doing and how they're recovering. Now, this is a bit of a survivorship issue, though. Uh, we always see this in investing when we talk about indexes and you know past performance. If you try to say, well, if I had done this, how would my returns have been? Uh, looking backwards, is that you know those who didn't survive aren't there. So what we're seeing, the business sentiment has turned positive, which is good. Um, it, it means 2021 is looking great, but it has also taken out um, the businesses that didn't make it, right? Or the ones that you know had to, to close or file bankruptcy because they're not in that survey anymore. So there is that survivorship, uh, you know, uh, kind of bend to that survey. But that goes back to, I, I kind of mentioned earlier on, uh, I think on videos, certainly uh, in talking to people, uh, you know, this pandemic, for all the pain and all the things it's wrought, uh, when I talk about economy and businesses, um, it is a bit like a forest fire. It is damaging, it is destructive, but from that new green growth comes out. And, and we're certainly, this is a prime example of that new green growth. We're seeing that optimism as new ideas, new innovation comes into industry. So that, you know, 2021, I really look positive with that. TD's battling the case right now. Uh, on a Stanford Ponzi scheme. So this goes back to an Antigua bank and former uh, Texas financial Robert Allen Stanford, uh, you know, who ran a Ponzi scheme, lost about $4.5 billion and the lawyers are going after them in the Canadian court uh, to, uh, to try to get that back. Um, will they be successful? Not sure. Toronto or TD will, will get through that. Um, not to be a little, obviously some investors were, were badly damaged. Uh, and, and that's something to always be, you know, cautious of. You know, always be careful of of things being too good. You know, make sure to do do that due diligence around things. And that's just an example. Uh, Canadian CEOs uh, forecast for 21, 21, 2022 uh, strength following. You know, the 2020 being a challenging year. Uh, and let you know, let's dive into that. That's a deep conversation that we want to talk about. So uh, let's talk about the U.S. dollar. Uh, so it stalled a bit uh, Monday, uh, you know, after seeing a little bit of bounce positive. Uh, really, what we see here is a negative U.S. negative U.S. dollar continuing. This goes to the inflation. This goes to printing money, the stimulus packages. We are expecting that bigger stimulus package with uh, Joe Biden coming in. The Democrats uh, taking. Obviously, they now have the House and the Senate. Uh, so they're going to be able to push forward, uh, you know, most things that they want to uh, to, to push through. The Senate's still pretty tight, 50-50, with uh, the, the VP Kamala Harris uh, being the tiebreaker. So they can get things through as long as they've got the Democratic Party behind them. Um, but, you know, it's still going to keep them a little bit in, in check for any extreme measures. Uh, but we do expect that stimulus package to be a bit more generous. You know, they are talking about that $2,000 uh, check to uh, to Americans, where the last one was 600, uh, up in that to 2,000. So we are we are looking at the the weakness uh, of, of the U.S. dollar. Canadian dollar has probably been overvalued, uh, but it's probably going to continue to be that uh, into the mid new year. So mid 2021, uh, we've seen estimates as high as kind of an 83 cent Canadian dollar. So you know, if you want to buy U.S. dollars for travel in the second half of this year, uh, that's positive for us. Uh, when we're just talking about the dollar. Uh, the sterling, uh, which I have liked for a while, uh, just because we're, they're coming out of Brexit, the, the sterling had been devalued with all the problems they had with Brexit. Those negotiations are coming to an end, thankfully. They've still got a few uh, hurdles to get over, um, but they have tentative deals in place, which is good. Uh, there's still a bit of, uh, of negativity around the sterling, uh, just as the, uh, the Bank of England won't say they won't go into negative interest rates. Uh, post-Brexit uh, trade um, uh, deal and economy uh, as they try to come out of this. Uh, but as those fears go away or as that outlook goes away, I think the sterling is going to do, uh, do well with a strong bounce back. 
Uh, the current lockdown, um, you know, notably deteriorating uh, the short-term economic outlook, but it's also fueling uh, the speculation on, on, on more monetary easements. So keep those interest rates low, uh, see a strong approval down the road. Uh, so, you know, that leads to my outlook being much more positive for 2021. Is do keep in mind that the markets don't trade on what's happening today, uh, unless it's negative news. Positive news, uh, the markets are trading on what it expects to do. So we do have, you do have to be a little bit early and it is a bit of that, it's always darkest before dawn. So when things look the worst, in, in, you know, when we have what's called capitulation, sorry, a capitulation where, uh, you know, everyone thinks, oh no, it's not going to recover, it's not going to recover. It is going to recover and it's going to recover quickly. It fell quickly, it's going to recover quickly. Quickly, uh, As I mentioned, we saw a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, pushing down on the 10-year bond yield. And that goes to the interest rates. The U.S. Fed, the Canadian Central Canada Bank of Canada, the Bank of India, every bank, major bank in the, the world is basically saying that they're going to try to keep interest rates where they are. They've said for three years. I mentioned this before. Uh, I think that'd be uh, that's a lofty goal uh, to fight off inflation without using interest rates. I give it a year to year and a half, uh, which is still enough time of liquidity to be positive. Uh, oil, we actually saw it uh, rise a bit uh, to over $50 today. Um, and uh, you, those of you who've been following me, I know I've been off for about a month uh, of doing these. Uh, my view has changed a bit, and it's, it is that what I just said, that darkest before the dawn. So in December in the portfolios, we did move back into oils uh, very lightly. Uh, we're just wading into the water. I think it's going to improve. Uh, so over this, you know, beginning of the year, looking at the second half of the year with some increase in demand happening. So we are seeing oil move up a little bit. That doesn't mean this is going to be a smooth ride. Like I said, we're only inching in with some exposure into uh, oils in the portfolios. Uh, we will be increasing that exposure um, a bit over time, uh, except for those people who have asked for uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this uh, in a minute, but that, that social responsible, uh, keeping keeping that out of the portfolio. I have a lot of people asking for that now, so we're not putting that into the into the portfolios. Um, but uh, but we have started to add it to those who uh, who want it or, or, or are happy having it in the portfolio. Uh, we do, as I mentioned, I do we do expect things to improve a little bit over the while, the next little while. Gold uh, start to gain again, again, you know, with everything going on, the uncertainty. Uh, the, the inflation we're seeing rising in uh, food prices globally. Uh, that's just inflation rearing its ugly head, and, and then we expect that to continue. So, you know, gold will uh, continue to increase, and we still uh, maintain our, our positions in the portfolios there uh, that we've had since uh, even slightly before the pandemic. So, uh, gold uh, will continue uh, to be a strong hedge against that inflation. So, what do we look at for 2021? Well, as I mentioned, you know, dump the dollar, stay away from the U.S. dollar uh, if you can. Uh, emerging markets, keep in mind emerging markets, they do well in a recovering economy. They grow faster than, than, uh, than established or, or mature economies. Uh, and case in point, one of the best performing overall markets globally was South Korea last year. Uh, early stages re uh, recovery as, as you know, the economy started to reopen again. That's just going to grow more and more, and, and, and we see that area uh, dominated. So keep, we have it in the portfolios. It's done amazingly well. We'll likely see that increase as a position in the portfolios uh, early 2021 here. Uh, vaccine, hopefully, will make things uh, 20 in 2021 uh, be uh, more open. As I said, I'm not going to say normal. Uh, I still think we're going to have challenges, but I think less and less, but that's going to reopen more sectors. So, uh, you know, we have to start looking at those ones that were really hard hit and haven't recovered. Um, uh, you know, be, be cautious on those, and I'm gonna dive a little bit more into that, but we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about some, some trades uh, and some of the biggest investment houses that kind of agree upon. So the mighty dollar, as I mentioned, uh, we expect that to kind of go down. We don't expect any kind of recovery there until mid 2021. Uh, you know, near the, the Fed's committed to keep the interest rates low. Uh, you know, Trump's um, reduced kind of trade and political, or, or sorry, Trump's trade and political tensions uh, have supported the dollar a little bit. But as you know, we go into a new uh, government that's 
probably going to shore up some international tensions and, and trade uh, going forward. Um, you know, talking about returning to the Paris Agreement and things like this, uh, that, that support for the dollar will, will continue to erode it a little bit. Uh, as I mentioned, kind of mid 2021. So emerging markets, you know, really take a look at that. Uh, you know, we're looking at tourism and commodities uh, taking off with that weaker dollar. Um, you know, focusing on you know countries like China, Mexico, Brazil, South Africa, uh, even Russia. Uh, you know, more and more. Uh, you know, Ukraine and, and Mexican oil, uh, Penmex. Uh, really like uh, you know if you are interested in oil. Uh, Exxon, uh, you know, one of the larger and you know great balance sheet. They also did some acquisitions through through this, so they've improved their their position while oil was lower. So if you want to take a look at that, um, you know, we're starting to move oil slowly, or or the, the street is moving oil into uh, overweight. I'm not overweight yet, but I'm certainly moving in, in, into the portfolios as I mentioned. Uh, emerging markets, uh, we're currently at market uh, weight. Um, so that means, you know, uh, how much emerging markets represents GDP-wise of the of the globe. Uh, but we're looking at increasing that in the in the coming months. Uh, central banks uh, talked about keeping that cheap money flowing. So that's really important, right? We we've talked about this through uh, the whole pandemic of. You know, what affects the markets? Well, liquidity, cheap rates uh, continues to grow the market and that's what we've had and, and, and that's going to continue. As I mentioned that, that three-year goal, but at least for 2021, I think we can confidently uh, count on cheap rates as far as money goes. And inflation, you know, that's the, 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 the offset. We have to keep a really close eye on that. And of course, keep a close eye on uh, jobs, how that's doing. ESG or ethical and social governance investing grew massively. It's in the portfolios where we've increased it. Uh, this is only going to take off. Joe Biden and the Democrats have, have committed $1.2 trillion to the US uh, to shift to that technology, start spending money there. Uh, this is not just kind of, uh, you know, I've had someone actually say, you know, oh, well, you know, that's just, you know, people who are interested in that. It's not. I, I've, I've said a few times that the technology is now cheaper to uh, introduce, whether it be cars, uh, solar, uh, wind, tide, all of renewable energies. All this is now becoming cheaper than fossil fuels to produce. When you, when you get cheaper, all of a sudden you can take, uh, you know, your, your beliefs out of it and just say, uh, that's cheaper. That's where we're going to invest because we can produce it, you know, more effectively, easier, uh, at a lower lower cost. And that's what we're seeing now. That's going to continue uh, through 2021. It's our main theme. Uh, we, we've increased that, as I mentioned, in the portfolios. And that goes to the electric car movement. You know, we talk about you know why that's that's growing. Uh, it's not just people saying, um, "I want an electric car for the environment." It is. It is cheaper to operate uh, maintenance-wise, recharging-wise. Uh, you know, the, then those vary depending on regions and costs, but it, it, it is getting there, especially with the cost of the cars coming down dramatically. Uh, and in fact, uh, the UK has said by 2030, they're not gonna allow the sales of fuel cars. Quebec has said by 2035, they're gonna stop the, uh, the, the sale of fuel cars. So that's only going to accelerate and we're gonna, I, I highly believe we're gonna see more and more of that, uh, you know, especially out of uh, places like California, which is very, very progressive when it comes to, uh, you know, vehicle emissions. Uh, and, and, you know, we talk about China. China's already committed, um, you know, if uh, the US rejoins the Paris Agreement, they'll accelerate, um, you know, their, their clean energy spending, and that includes the, the, the vehicles, uh, because of course they had small issues with how quickly their population, or sorry, their middle class grew um, through the last decade or so uh, and they're moving more and more so they're skipping a the technology they're skipping that infrastructure and moving to that so we just introduced a great etf into the portfolios it's called cars and the symbols is cars uh, and it's not buying tesla it's buying the supply chain so the manufacturing uh you know what goes into manufacturing electric car it doesn't matter who's building it 
they're going to need these metals. They're going to need these parts for the batteries. They're going to need this for, uh, for the, the development or, or construction of those cars. So, uh, so that's an area I think you need, really need to look at in 2021 and, and highly focus on it. Technology, Biden, again, you know, the Democrats uh, want to invest in areas like big data, the cloud, right? Very important to have that in the portfolios. 5G, AI tech, um, intelligence. I mentioned electrical cars, robotics, cybersecurity. We had cybersecurity for the last year in the portfolios. It's done amazing. Uh, we just had that um, solar winds breach in the US. Uh, it's going, only going to increase spending in cybersecurity. And we've actually doubled our position in the portfolios in cybersecurity here in December. Uh, you know, it's an area that's going to massively grow. Uh, and when I talk about technology, I'm not always talking about Apple and Microsoft, kind of the big players. Really look at the, you know, where technology is disrupting an existing industry. We saw it last year, you know, restaurants, they, they, you know, the ones that have done well switched to online, they switched to those home meals. Uh, fitness, uh, you know, the Pelotons of the world with the home fitness. Apple's now come out with Apple Fitness. Amazon's coming out with Apple Fitness. More and more of this online being able to not need to pay or be in a big expensive gym, uh, being able to um, you know convert that to convert that industry to a cheaper, faster way to deliver things uh, using technology. Healthcare, uh, you know, we've had the technology for doctors to use um, the technology to have online consultations. Uh, but it was never used. In fact, in BC here alone, and this is true of uh, many countries, Canada and others, uh, doctors did not have a way to build or bill, sorry, to uh, to healthcare uh, for a online consultation. They had to invent that in March. Uh, and obviously, it's been around. The technology been used in rural countries and third world countries for for years. Uh, but now the investment's going into that, so we're disrupting. Uh, technology and I just recently used it. I don't know if you can hear my voice. I'm getting over a cold. I was tested. It's not COVID. But uh, after uh, it lingered for quite some time and I used the online, talked to the doctor. We did, you know, did he, he listened to it's my voice. He listened to a cough I had, you know, and he was able to diagnose, you know, that, you know, my cold went into my lungs and, you know, all those things. So I didn't have to go in. And obviously uh, not everyone's going to take advantage of that. But um, for people in rural communities or older people with, um, you know, uh, disabilities and aren't able to, you know, get to the doctors uh, easily, uh, this is going to be a, a game changer. And on top of that, you know, to, to add into that, the technology, I mean, uh, it's not there yet, but it's going to be very quickly. I know my watch, um, you know, can tell the doctor live what my heart rate is, what my blood pressure is, what my oxygen levels are, uh, what my temperature is, you know, all these things. Are good, we're going to be able to plug in. So that when we talk about technology, look at technology that's disrupting an existing industry, not necessarily brand new technology, but something that's coming in and making something cheaper, faster, and easier for people to use. And that's the other thing that we want to look at 2021. 2020 forced companies uh, to become innovative with technology, uh, to use it even though it had existed prior, but to use it more effectively. And that's where the company, you know, that's where we're going to see growth in 2021. Uh, we talk about e-commerce, you know, the companies, the massive shifts they had to as the stores closed. Uh, we see massive shifts and that's going to continue. Uh, and, and as they, they get they get that initial investment in there, it becomes more and more profitable uh, for the companies uh, as they move along. So that's what we see for 2021. Um, and I, and I do see growth. I notice I got a couple of questions here. I'm going to try to bang them off. I, I, uh, um, uh, but I want to try to get to them today. So uh, one of the questions is, you know, I say double the dollars to what currency? Uh, it really depends on uh, what you're looking at. Uh, if you're looking at from an investment perspective, as I mentioned, I really like the pound sterling. I think it's still undervalued. Uh, Euro, uh, you know, I think as they kind of get out of this post-Brexit, it's also uh, going to recover. Um, Canadian dollar, I don't think you're going to be overly hurt. As I said, it, it, it's probably going to get uh, stronger here as we get into the summer months, and then we'll have more clarity around the direction uh, for the second half of the year for the U.S. dollar uh, is kind of where I would focus things. Um, and certainly if, uh, certainly if you're looking at kind of 
you know, spending your money. Uh, so, you know, if you have a portfolio that's heavily weighted uh, U.S. dollars, uh, you might want to look at bringing it back to Canadian, you know, if you're going to spend your dollars in Canada. So, you know, always keep that in mind. Uh, and a lot of investments, um, you can get hedged, uh, hedged to the U.S. dollar, especially if you're using things like ETFs. And I know not everyone loves ETFs, but do keep in mind they can be powerful, especially in concentrated ETFs. To mention that cars ones for the for the electronic vehicle or electric vehicles, uh, yeah, I think it's 15 positions, uh, well diversified, and 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 that goes for the cybersecurity position that we we've held in ETF, which again is about 15 positions, uh, very concentrated, and you can get those in hedge, so you can protect um, you can protect uh, against those. Um, so when it comes to currency, I would definitely look at Europe. I think those ones have been held fairly undervalued. If you want to be a little bit more uh, risk, uh, look at the emerging markets. And again, you can get a, uh, uh, a little bit more growth oriented. I shouldn't say like not necessarily high risk, but again, I would, I would go to a basket of emerging markets uh, currencies uh, because those should see some uh, really rapid growth uh, as the global economies recover. So with that, uh, I'm going to close it off. I told you this was going to be a long one, but I appreciate your patience if you're still around. Um, listen, uh, we're going to, we're back two weeklies on these. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on. Uh, we're going to come back with our Friday videos, uh, which are deep dives into different topics. Uh, stay with us. Uh, go to MikeOnMoney.com if you want to review any of these things. Uh, if you have any feedback on things you'd like us to talk about, or take a deep dive into. We've always loved to hear that. I did get some great comments of people, you know, asking when we were coming back over the holidays, saying you know they, they appreciate these. So thank you for that. Uh, we we you know your feedback helps us make this better and better for for all of you. Uh, so with that, happy 2021. Uh, I'll talk to you next week and uh, take care of yourselves out there. Thanks everyone.